Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Like that, we're T-minus 48 hours from kick. Let's make it 50, just to be even, as the Jaguars and the Chargers coming up Saturday night. We are your home at the Jaguars right here on 1010 on the AM, 92.5 on the FM. We'll have a live report coming from Los Angeles later this hour from the NFL Network. Bridget Condon does an outstanding job covering the NFL, and she's been out at Chargers practice where, again, they are relatively healthy outside of Mike Williams. He did not go again today. Therefore, he did not practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Brandon Staley said that he is going to hop on that charter, fly to Duval tomorrow. He will be a game-time decision. My guess is we will not know until 90 minutes before kickoff as to whether or not Mike Williams is playing for the Chargers right here against the Jaguars on Saturday nights. Great to have you with us. This is our home away from home on Thursday nights. We have navigated the mean streets of Nocatee and A1A and bam, right here in Ponte Vedra Beach, Mr. Chubby's Wings. No place I'd rather be. Two for one drafts, two for one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite. $3 wells, $3 wines. We're here tonight till 8. Derek Trucks, 15 minutes away. Yeah, he will play the national anthem along with his wife, Susan Tedeschi. That'll be coming up pregame. It'll be the national anthem on Saturday. And, you know, I've gone back and forth uh, texting Derek about this the last couple of days as they began their rehearsal. They've never done this before. Uh, Derek has played the national anthem on guitar. We remember a couple of years ago during COVID, he actually did it from his studio back during those very forgetful uh, events and just what it was like as far as no attendance or very few attendance and, and just everything uh, that we went through. But, but Derek has done that, and he's certainly played guitar to the national anthem. Uh, Susan Dedeski, much like myself, we're both from Boston. I've, I've had many conversations with her before about her singing at Fenway Park, her singing at the Boston Garden. She has sung here as well in Duval, but they've never done it together. So this is the first time that Derek and Susan will get uh, with one another right before a kick on Saturday night to play the national anthem. Man, I can't imagine what that moment is going to be like, okay? L.A. doesn't travel. Uh, have we ever seen a Chargers fan anywhere outside of Los Angeles, okay? I'm, spec- I'm expecting 70,000-plus all there supporting the Jaguars on Saturday night. And I tell you what, when Jacksonville's own, Derek Trucks walks out there with Susan Tedeschi, uh, it is going to be absolutely an incredible moment. And hopefully the momentum carries over for the Jaguars and they can get some things rolling here 
early. I mean, let's be honest. Jacksonville, the last few weeks, they've really been in a funk. And, you know, the, the highlight of this game is going to be a 24-year-old Justin Herbert. It's going to be a 23-year-old Trevor Lawrence. Two quarterbacks, uh, generational-type guys making their first-ever playoff start. So, hey, listen, Trevor's played in big games, no doubt about it. He played a national title game uh, as a freshman. He's been in some tough environments, including going to places like Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Uh, The butterflies, however, are going to grow for what becomes the biggest game of his career. If you look at the Jaguars offensively, what has happened the last three games? You take away both those defensive touchdowns, and they've had one, uh, they've had two in the last three games. If you look at what Jacksonville has done on the offensive side of the football in these last three games, okay, they've averaged only 17.7 points. Trevor Lawrence has only thrown one touchdown in the last three games, 593 yards, a completion percentage of 67.8, which is fine, and a passer rating of 87.05. So those numbers are clearly down across the board. I think the pressure, again, is put on the quarterback to step up his game in a, in a matchup of this magnitude. Now... The other side of that equation is this. L.A. is terrible against the run. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL when it comes to defending the run. And J.J. and I have been talking about this all week. J.J.'s of the pass-first mentality. I have a little bit of that old school in me where I think if you can run and stop the run, those are two huge ingredients to winning football. But if you look at L.A., man, they're giving up 150 yards a game on the ground if Jacksonville can surprise you offensively okay you're expecting a pass they run you're expecting a run they pass if they keep LA off balance then that's really going to set up well for Jacksonville uh, to do some things creatively speaking when it comes to what their offensive scheme in fact is I just don't know Is it a run first? Is it a pass first? I'm sure they'd tell you they'd like it to be a balanced attack. Are they forced to abandon the run? That's the biggest scare. You don't want to go down 10-0 like you did last week to Tennessee. You don't want to be down 17-0 like you were against Las Vegas. You don't want to be down 27-10 late in the third quarter like you were against Dallas. Now, I will reference that game because Doug Peterson – And I'll admit it, at the time I was surprised. He stayed consistent with the run in his game plan, even though they were down three possessions late in the third, and we all know what happened. Obviously, a forced overtime, and Jacksonville was the winner in that game. So, to me, that is what has to happen uh, for the Jaguars. And, you know, on the flip side, you look at what the defense has done. Uh, Incredible improvement if you look at the final numbers okay the last three ball games Jacksonville on the defensive side of the football they have allowed one touchdown they have allowed five field goals okay but they've also gone up against whom Zach Wilson Chris Strebler who's a rich man's Tim Tebow Davis Mills 
Jeff Driscoll, Josh Dobbs, Justin Herbert is in a completely different atmosphere. This is literally night and day what he can do offensively with the Chargers. And if you want to look back to week three and 38-10, you can, but I think it is somewhat misleading. For instance, Eckler in that game, Austin Eckler, four carries, five yards. Jacksonville took him completely out of the game. Eckler for the season, 107 receptions, over 700 receiving yards, okay, just over 200 carries, 915 yards. Jacksonville is the worst team in the NFL when it comes to defending running backs, catching the ball out of the backfield. Let me repeat that. The Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL when it comes to defending running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. Enter Austin Eckler. The man caught 107 footballs in 17 games. How are they going to change some things up defensively to put a man on Austin Eckler? Uh, The Jaguars are very vulnerable to the screen game. Simple screens. There have been times where... You know, we have just kind of sat back and, and um, you know, we have been able to sit back and, and, and wonder what in the heck is going on? What is happening right now with this pass defense? So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a chess match. I, I expect L.A. to be much better on the offensive side of the football. And I do wonder openly right now, where is your major concern? Is it with the defense against this high-powered offense, or is it with the offense, which all of a sudden has struggled the last couple of weeks uh, going up against this Los Angeles defense? That's what it's all about. That's why we love the game. That is why we break down the game, and it's going to be very interesting uh, when you look at these two teams. You know, it's amazing because it, it begins with Lawrence, And it begins with Herbert. But there are so many similarities between these two teams. Yeah, I really believe that. There's there's more playoff experience uh, over on the L.A. side. They have more bona fide pro bowlers, superstars. You know, Khalil Mack, Joey Boza, Derwin James, uh, Keenan Allen when healthy. You know, those those are superstars. And and no one's going to argue with you there. But if if you really look at everything that goes into it, This team has, or both these teams, have so much in common until you get to one huge aspect of the game. L.A. can't stop the run. They are terrible. They are 28th in the NFL against the run. The Jaguars can't stop the pass. They allow 238.5 yards a game. Passing defense, okay? 28th in the NFL. So what gives if it plays out that way? What gives L.A.'s run defense or Jacksonville's pass defense? Now, there's two ways to look at it. L.A.'s run defense can do what? can really shorten the football game. If L.A. can't stop the run, and you can go back to 1959, ladies and gentlemen, okay? The last time a rushing defense allowed 5.4 yards a carry, that is what the Chargers are allowing right now. Just think about that. Think about getting it to 25, first down, the handoff to ETN. He gives you five, five and a half, second and four. 
Hand it to him again. First down, Jacksonville. You're moving the chains. You're taking clock. That is how you shorten games and win. You put together one of those 10, 11, 12 play drives. You take six, six and a half, seven minutes off the clock, and you keep Justin Herbert in LA's offense on the sideline. I'm sure they're thinking, okay, whatever. Just give us the football. Jacksonville's pass defense, well, you can't get to the quarterback. Jacksonville has struggled with that bend but do not break mentality, although pro football focus really has my head spinning because they're telling me that Darius Williams is like Dick Night Train Lane. They're telling me that Tyson Campbell is like Mel Blunt. Okay, yet this pass defense is still 28th in the NFL. So I've always said it, and I always put it in parentheses, or I, I always give you the obligatory, take it for what it is, you're trusting pro football focus. I don't know what goes into it. I don't know what comes out of it. You know, I've asked a lot of people, and when they start explaining it to me, I, I kind of fall asleep. I'm like, whatever. How are you getting your data? To me, it looks like Williams has played much better since he's gone from the slot to the outside, yet again, the overall defensive numbers that Jacksonville does have doesn't support that. As a matter of fact, the numbers really support L.A. They have a better third down conversion rate, both offensively and defensively, okay? Both ways here. They're better on third down, and they're better defensively on third down. They have a better red zone uh, efficiency, you know, not settling for three, but scoring a touchdown once you get into the red zone. We know that early on this year, the Jaguars really struggled in that category, including Trevor Lawrence throwing a couple of goal line interceptions against Houston and the Denver matchup in London, respectively. All right, am I overlooking it? Perhaps, perhaps. That's what we do. But I'm, I'm looking for an edge here. I'm looking for a little something, okay? Offense, defense, special teams. Ah, the intangibles. I gotcha. L.A., 1-3 this year, outdoors. A 50-some-odd-yard field goal against Cleveland, which was good. If not, they'd be 0-4 this year, outdoors. Brandon Staley, first-ever coached game in the playoffs. The media is crushing this man right now because he played his guys deep into the football game this past weekend. Austin Eckler took a huge hit. Joey Bosa limped off the field. We still don't know what's going on with Mike Williams. Again, I'll have a live report coming up at 645 from L.A. with Bridget Condren from the NFL Network, uh, the latest there. But, I mean, they're tearing apart Brandon Staley, who had to defend himself again today. Can you imagine it being Thursday? 48 hours until kick, and he's still defending his decision to play these players Last weekend, around here, I asked it. You remember, JJ, I was like, when do you take out ETN? When do you take out Trevor against Houston? And it was amazing. But our listening audience, Jaguar fans are like, Blue, you're a sissy. Blue, you're yellow. Blue, you're soft as puppy poo. For crying out loud, this is a man's game. Go out there and let him play. Well, what if someone of significance got hurt? It didn't happen, so we can't play the what if game. But it's amazing how the media and the fans in L.A. are like, why did Brandon Staley do this? Where the media and the fans here were, for the most part, "Uh uh-uh, play them, play them, play them. It's amazing. At least it is 
uh, to me. All right. Opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by the good folks over at Schmunez Vision. All right. Sleeping in your contacts is not a good thing. Some of you people out there do it. And I, I, you know there's a tooth fairy. It's too bad there's not like an eye fairy because that's like the worst thing you can do. First off, it's totally unsanitary. Next up, it could cause some major problems, man. A virus in your eye, conjunctivitis in your eye, red eye. No matter what it is that you have, if you're sleeping in your contacts, that ain't the way to go about it. And I get it because it happens to me every night. I'm laying in bed, I'm reading a book, and bam, it smacks me on the nose, and I'm ready to turn around, you know, turn over and sleep. But then I'm like, uh-uh, got to get up, got to take the contacts out. I'm not a candidate for laser eye surgery. You may be. That's all part of what they do at Schmunez Vision. Okay, you're talking about 37 years' worth of experience with Dr. Neo Schmunez. The high-quality medical and surgical eye care. Again, I had eye surgery over eight years ago. They found something in the right eye. Immediately I had it in and out, and there's never been a setback. Whether it's cataract surgery, all refractive surgery, just normal health to your eyes, okay? Going through life, looking for your readers, grabbing your glasses, not being able to find them, uh, contacts, this and that. Mm -mm. It's time for a change, and that change is Schmunez Vision. 299-2906 is the number, or you can go to schmunezvision.com. Care, you can say. All right, we're jam-packed tonight. Mr. Chubbies and Ponavita. Why aren't you here? We have two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, three-hour wells, three-hour wines, indoor, outdoor um, dining. I can hear freaking Ario Speedwagon in, in the background. I mean, what more could you ask for here at Mr. Chubby's Pontevedra Beach? All right, we got plenty to do tonight. As always, the best way to get a hold of us is on the text line, and that number is 641 1010 brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Coming up next, Jacksonville's own Derek Truck. See along with his wife, Susan Tedeschi. They will play the national anthem right before kick at the bank coming up on Saturday night. We'll talk to Derek, who is a huge Jaguars fan. Not only about that opportunity for him and his wife, but his overall thoughts on what he saw last Saturday night and what he thinks about the game coming up in just a couple of evenings. That's on tap. Great to have you with us. My name is Rick Ballou. This is Into the Night. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. like winning football to me at times I get embarrassed talking over Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks but what an honor I imagine it is for them to sing the national anthem and play the national anthem coming up Saturday night likewise it's an honor to bring Derek Trucks back on to the program with Rick Ballou as we are broadcasting live from Mr. Chubby's in Ponte Vedra Beach. Derek always a pleasure young man how are you? Good man good to talk to you. 
Yep, it's good to have you back. Uh, rehearsals the last couple of days, uh, how have they gone? And what's it been like to, to do this now with, you know, you and your wife doing the national anthem this way for the first time? You know, it, we, we've never worked it up. We never, we, we've been asked to do the anthem before, and usually uh, um, Sue sings it so well. I was like, go for it. I'll sit in the crowd and have a beer. <laughs> so, but I, this game just felt different. You're like, you know what, if we're ever going to work one up, let's, now's the time. And it's, it's been really fun. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be really good. We just left the stadium and drug some amplifiers down there and got to plug in and play through the, uh, the big PA in there and listen to the, the delay make sure it's all going to work but i think it's going to i think it's going to be good yeah spend a second on that derek how hard is that i don't think the average listener even those who go to many concerts understands what it's like with the echo and and what you're hearing compared to what the crowd is hearing well you know most most music venues you don't you don't have that too bad but when you're playing uh like when i know sue has sung the anthem in baseball stadiums or uh, football stadiums and it's they're just not made for sound. So when you when you sing, you hear yourself singing a second or two later, and if if you're not focused, it's easy to get lost in the mix. <laughs> so when you <laughs> a lot of times if you see somebody doing the anthem and they and you see that little look of fear, it's usually because they they're not listening to themselves. <laughs> they're listening to the the one that's a second behind. <laughs> so it's a it's a little bit of a it'll mess with your mind. So you have to uh, you have to go in there and uh, and just and focus or put one finger in your ear and block it out but yeah it, it takes a second but it, it was good today we they let us go down a day early or two days early to, uh, to go test it out and uh, that, that guitar amp sounded good and the PA held up so I think we'll be in good shape yeah it's interesting your wife of course is from Boston and you know baseball stadiums do have that echo including Fenway Park and I know she's sung the national anthem there she sung it here uh, you've done it on guitar as well. Remember a couple of years ago during COVID, um, you were able to lay it down and, and it was played when unfortunately not a, not a ton of fans were at the stadium. So when you collaborate here, what, what goes into how do, you, how do you decide to, you know, put all of this together with you two with the national anthem? You, you know, her voice is so strong that you just want to let that carry the day. But, you know, with the two of us, you want to get a – Mix it up a little bit. I, I always think of my grandfather, who was a World War II vet. Um, he he was the uh, the veteran of the game a few years ago. He was 101 years old at the stadium, and but he was very particular about his anthems. He didn't want you uh, going off strip too much. So <laughs> I, I always think about Claude Trucks a little bit when we work it up too, to like make sure that you're stating the melody correctly. Um, and you know he. He didn't mind if we took a few liberties <laughs> in the game, but, but you definitely, uh, you know, you're not going to go too far off script. <laughs> yeah. I was lucky enough to meet your uh, your granddad a few times. What a man. What a great life. 101 years. Derek Trucks with us. Of course, Tedeschi Trucks getting ready to go back out on tour right around the corner. As a matter of fact, he'll begin uh, with his band uh, cranking things up uh, with rehearsals this week. All right, Derek, I mean, what an environment this past Saturday night. I, I'm one of those who in the NFL, unlike college, doesn't always believe that a home crowd can make that big of a difference. Boy, was I ever wrong this past Saturday night. That crowd was outstanding. You could feel it, man. From from the first drive, I, I was like, oh, everyone's standing up. <laughs> this is good. Like, this is this is how it's supposed to be. And and I, I think the crowd certainly affected the energy of the game. I mean, it was the, the game was uh, 
I mean, we didn't have the lead until until we did, <laughs> but the, the, there was never a sense of the crowd or the team feeling out of it. And I think that home that home energy was big. And you know, I mean, we all know we've lived here a long time and been going to games a long time. There's a lot of pent up uh, energy in that in that uh, fan base ready to come out, and it was uh, it was exciting to be there. I mean, I haven't felt it like that in there um, maybe since that. Morton Anderson miss kick, or there's been a few games this season, the two point conversion, where you felt that energy, where um, we haven't had that in, in a long time here. So it's, uh, I think it's hopefully a sign of things to come. No doubt, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think this is gravy, Derek. I think next year they're legit and really have a shot. I mean, totally. I'm not saying that they, they don't this year, but I, this was unexpected. You've been a day one season ticket holder. I mean, you remember '96 and '97, uh, and, and certainly '99, and uh, you can go to 2017. But, again, this year, I don't think people expected this, especially after losing five in a row. So, for a lifelong Jaguar fan like yourself, what has this last month-plus been like for you? I, I mean, it's uh, every game felt like a playoff game, even though we – I mean, we were, what, three and seven. So, you, you were essentially out of it. But there was there was this underlying sense that you were not. And Doug Peterson just has that I, – I love, I love his – his spirit and the, his mo. It just seems like he's eye on the prize, but he does, he seems pretty unfazed by it. And uh, I don't know. You feel that with the team, but the, this build feels a lot different than 2017. Even though we were, you know, we should have been in the Super Bowl that year, uh, but it, it didn't feel like this. The, this one, the just the the game flow and the the way the season flowed has just been a lot more fun. And I don't know. It's a it's a it's a really likable team too. I mean, watching we're we're on the home side or tickets, and uh, when Trevor overthrew Zay in the back of the end zone this last game, it's the first time you, we saw Trevor walk to the the bench and just launch his helmet like you never see that. And Zay went and picked it up, and he handed him his helmet. <laughs> you could see him like just talking to him, like, "No, man, we got this." And then they kind of hugged it out. And I was like, I don't remember seeing that kind of spirit on the team uh, in a long time. So it, there's, there seems to be a, a good energy with this team. You can feel it back in training camp. Like, yeah. But I didn't expect to be in the playoffs, but you, you knew it was a different uh, a different team. So it, it feels good, man. It's exciting. No doubt. All right, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think coming up on Saturday night? I mean, the experts are saying it's basically a pick maybe a slight favorite to the visiting Los Angeles Chargers. What do you believe, Derek? I mean, I, I would be on the other side of that. I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, I see it being a pick'em, but I, I feel like we have the momentum. I feel like we're certainly playing on house money. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we got the nerves out last week. We played a little tight last week, but enough to win. I, I feel like we're going to come out loose and free, and I, I think it's a, I think it's more of a climb for them than it is us, and. I mean, if Mike Williams doesn't go, that's big. Um, I don't know. It seems like maybe he's game time. But I like our chances, man. I like the home field advantage. I like the momentum. I like our coach. I like our quarterback. I like the, the team. Our defense is opportunistic. And uh, if the crowd's in it, I think we got a really good shot. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, whenever I get with you, I always ask about musicians. Uh, did you ever Did you ever get a chance to meet Jeff Beck? Yeah, man, quite a few times. Um, it's some of those Eric Clapton Crossroads festivals, and uh, we played shows with him, and we uh, 
we actually did a show at the White House with B.B. King and Jeff Beck and Mick Jagger. And I, I have this incredible photo of Jeff Beck. We were waiting to get in uh, to the White House security there. And our daughter, Sophia, was maybe six or seven at the time, five or six. And there's this great picture of Jeff Beck just kind of leaning on Sophia. And I, I sent it to her a few days ago. We, we knew he had been a little bit sick. But he, he was a sweetheart, man, and uh, a guitar hero and one of a kind. I mean, he was... No one played like him. He was, uh, I mean, it's Hendrix and Clapton and Beck, and those are the, those are kind of the, uh, for that era, those are the guys. So it's, uh, that's a big loss. It is, no doubt. We're losing too many great people out there. All right, hey, you're getting ready to hit the road, man. You, you're hitting all, uh, you, obviously not here, but what, Gainesville and all the way around the state uh, beginning in about a week. Yeah, we're getting excited, man. Um, we got a playoff game this weekend, and then our band rolls into town the next day to get cranking. So it's a, it's a good way to start the year, ready to get out and play and hang with everybody again. And um, it's funny, it's the longest break we've had since uh, we got back out on the road post-COVID. So um, I just noticed the last few days that me and Sue were like, hey, we kind of miss our band. <laughs> we've been hanging out with <laughs> crazy people. So I'm excited for everyone to get down here and get out in our studio and knock the dust off of it, knock the rust off a bit, and uh, and get it cranking again. Sounds tremendous. Derek Trucks, ladies and gentlemen, he along with his wife, Susan Tedeschi, they will play the national anthem right before kick, Saturday night, Jaguars, Chargers. Thanks as always, Derek. Yeah, man, let's win this one for old Jim Kane, man. Let's get it done for the Godfather. You know he's watching from above, no doubt about that. Amen. All right, man, will you be well? See you, Derek. There he goes, uh, Derek Trucks. What a fan. I mean, a legitimate fan, season ticket holder since day one. And uh, just a great Jacksonville man. How does that sound? Yeah, for those who don't know, I mean, he he toured for a a couple of years, I want to say, with Eric Clapton. I didn't know about uh, Jeff Beck, and and I, I wanted to ask him about that, but you know, Jeff Beck considered one of the great guitarists of his era. Of course, Derek Trucks right now considered uh, arguably the greatest guitar player right now. And he lives right here in our backyard. Susan is a Bostonian, and I love her as well. I'm really excited. You know, I don't – I'll be honest with you. I usually get excited about – well, I'm covering this game. But, you know, tailgate parties, I get excited about the game. I don't typically get excited about – the national anthem, and, I, and I'm not saying that to be a smartass. I'm just, you know, it's part of the process, and obviously I come from a military family, so it's it's all about honor and respect, but you very rarely hear anyone talk about the national anthem. Uh, this feels different this time around. It's going to be special out there on Saturday night with Tedeschi Trucks. Appreciate them. Uh, you know, Derek joining us here on the program. All right, let's go to L.A. Let's find out what's going on health-wise with the Los Angeles Chargers. The big story right now is Mike Williams. Bridget Condon does outstanding work on the NFL Network. And as a matter of fact, she's there. And it, this is kind of interesting because uh, I remember one time Samari Roll, I did an interview with Samari Roll when he was with the Tennessee Titans, and I asked him a question, and he just left the phone dangling. I don't know if he was late for a meeting or what was going on, but there's been a few of those mishaps over the years. She told me straight up, she goes, if there's breaking news, I'm going to have to leave the interview. 
So it may actually be more entertaining if something came down the pike here. You know, something came down the pipe here, and all of a sudden it's like I'm asking her a question. She's like, I'm sorry, I got to go. And then you see her on the desk at the NFL Network. I mean, there's a chance uh, that could happen. Uh, JJ, you want to call him maybe a fake story to the NFL Network? Gladly. What do you think? You know, we can come I up with something, right? I don't have much of a right? reputation. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So, But Mike Williams is the big one. And, you know, I also want to get a story from her about how that media is just all over Brendan Staley. I, I think you can make the case that if L.A. loses here on Saturday night, he could be out of a job, especially with Sean Payton there waiting, whether it's for the Chargers, possibly the Rams, I'd be surprised if Miami opened this year. They are in the playoffs with a third-string quarterback. You know, what if Dallas got rolled by Tampa? You saw how gutless Mike McCarthy was here with a chance to win it, sat on the ball, shades of Nate Hackett back in January of 2018, Foxborough, Massachusetts for the AFC Championship game. So it makes you wonder. I mean, Sean Payton's a guy that you fire others in order to hire him. So... All of that coming up. All right, we're live from Mr. Chubby's Wings out here in Ponte Vedra Beach. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, $3 wells, $3 wines. With you tonight until 8 o'clock right here on the Home of the Jags. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, let's go from Duval to L.A. Thank you to Duval's Derek Trucks. He and his wife, Susan Tedeschi, they'll be playing the national anthem right before kick here Saturday night. Jaguars Chargers. We are live from Mr. Chubby's Wings, Ponte Vedra Beach. Come on over, say hello. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, three-hour wells. $3 wines. Bridget Conner does an outstanding job with the NFL Network. She has also uh, been at the Los Angeles Chargers practice over the last couple of days, and she joins Rick Ballou. Bridget, great to have you back. How have you been? I'm good. Good to hear from you guys. How fun is this, that uh, little Chargers-Jags action in the playoffs? Yeah, uh, totally unexpected. What, you know, great. your colleagues uh, in Los Angeles uh, – this has surprised many of us here locally. What about out there with uh, all the national contacts and everyone with what the Jaguars have been able to do over the last month? I think, you know, that mid-season point where well, it was a game in London that the Jags lost pretty bad that kind of turned things. I think after that, the attention, people have been opening their eyes and remembering Trevor Lawrence was a great quarterback in college. Reason why he was the first draft pick. So I think people always kind of have this understanding and just now are starting to believe, especially with Doug Peterson, you know, as head coach, things have totally changed for them this year. Brandon Staley, I, I saw you tweet earlier today. Boy, this is amazing. Four days after the fact, he's still answering questions about playing his football players deep into that game last weekend. Uh, what's it been like there? I mean, the game is over. It's time to move on, but it feels like this is a lingering effect with this football team. I think Brandon Staley has the power to have that happen a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, after last season, it was the, you know, why they missed the playoffs, that game against the Raiders, and it was talked about for so long. I think people obsess over this, and really, Staley 
respect him or not, he is true to who he is. He doesn't care what anybody says, how many times people ask. He's going to do what he wants to do and what he truly believes is the best thing to do. I think the biggest reason why people are still asking about it now is because of Mike Williams' questionable status. You know, if he had not have played against the Broncos last week, we wouldn't be in this position. But here we are. Yeah, it's a great point, and you know, I know you quoted it today. Where certainly, you know, reps are important, but at this point for him, rest is more important. So even though he hasn't practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, he will be on the team plane heading here tomorrow. And I don't think we know ninety minutes till kick, but I'm under the impression there's still a real good chance that he'll play in this game. Yeah, that's my impression too. And Justin talking to players and people. In the locker room, I talked to both Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer, both receivers on this team yesterday. Keenan Allen said, you know, Mike's mindset is to play Saturday. Josh Palmer said they missed him at practice, but they do, you know, look forward to being back with him on the field. So I don't think that – I think the only way he doesn't play, and this is just my assumption, is if something happens between now, you know, if the plane ride messes up his back or something happens when he wakes up on Saturday that he really can't go. But – I think it's smart at this point of the season, right? But I agree with what Staley's saying. You're not practicing to learn the plays. You know them, right? It's more just going through the motion. So why not rest him these extra three days? And a player like that, he's going to come prepared. He doesn't need a week of practice to be ready to go for a game on Saturday. Final moment with Bridget Condon covering the NFL for the NFL Network. That first meeting, Williams had one reception for 15 yards. Keenan Allen didn't play. Herbert had ribs. Uh, Eckler was totally taken out of the game. I mean, everything went wrong. I think around here, Bridget, the message from Doug Peterson has basically been, don't don't read the pl- press clippings from week three. What about in L.A., the fact that they didn't play yeah. well? What, what's that message been like this week to those players? It's a totally different game come Saturday. Two totally different teams. The Chargers didn't have Keenan Allen. They also didn't have their center, Corey Lindsley, in that game, which is kind of gone under the radar, but he's a big part of what they do on offense. And when Keenan and Mike aren't out there on the field, I think you know neither one excels. I think they're a package deal. They need to have both of those weapons, both of those options to trick a defense. Um, and then, you know, Joey Bosa, he only played 13 snaps in that game. That's the game he got hurt in. Rashawn Slater, their left tackle, also got hurt in that game, and Jalen Guyton, one of their receivers. So I think people forget about that. But on the flip side of things, the Jags are a completely different team now, too. Trevor Lawrence has continued to excel this second half of the season, and what he's been able to do with Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, I think looks a lot different now than it did week three. All right, Bridget. Hey, the last time I had you on, you were getting ready to run – the Boston Marathon, uh-huh. and I know you—I know you had some success there. You raised some mo- some money for charity. How did that all go? Oh my God, it was amazing! I'll never do it again. But it was great. <laughs> raised over twelve thousand dollars. I can now say that I've ran the Boston Marathon, and I will be on my couch this April fifteenth or whatever the day is, just chilling because no longer need to get that off my uh, bucket list. Yes, absolutely. Well, congratulations! What an honor. Uh, That must have been to run in that and to finish it and to raise money for charity. Bridget, always a lot of fun out here in Duval to have you on here with Rick Ballou. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have fun this weekend. There she goes, Bridget Condon. She is with the NFL Network.
How long would it take you to run 26.2 miles? How old are you, 24, 25? I just turned 25. How long would it take you? To run 26.2? I don't even know. Run or walk? Or walk? I mean, I could I could definitely walk it. It would just take me forever. I, I could run a decent amount of it. I run most days, uh, but 26 <laughs> is a lot. Uh, I'm running more like three or four. So could you do it in a day? That's a, mi- that's a little bit more than a mile you know, uh, a mile an hour. Yeah, I, I could do it in a day, I think. I, I don't think I could, but then again, I'm twice your age. JJ? Oh, absolutely, I could do it in a day, no question. A I, couple of gravity bingers and you'd be <laughs> fine. Yeah, bring a couple of drinks on the way. I think, so I can run three miles in about 30 minutes. I, I can't keep that pace. Yeah. I've always, and I, I know I couldn't get it, um... I couldn't get it approved because if someone dropped dead, uh, the responsibility. I mean, you can come after me, but it's like blood from a stone. So they'd come after 1010XL and 92.5 FM. But what I've always thought of, and I'd love to get Miller like to sponsor it, is to get four people to run the beer mile. And what you would do is we would go to a track, and on that quarter mile, you would have to drink one Miller Lite. Now, you slam the Miller Lite, and then you run a quarter mile. Then you hand off, instead of a baton, it's another ice-cold Miller Lite. And then you run the quarter mile, and we'd have four guys doing it. But, you know, I, I just don't think that I could get that cleared. But what an event that I'd would sign be. up. I don't I think, would be I don't think they would care if I die. <laughs> you have no idea how quickly I would sign up for that. I just can't. I can't imagine there's a radio station in the United States of America that would say, "Brilliant! What a great idea! Let's do it." Me, because, Graham, no. Hacker, and uh, Leon. Well, forget about you Done. guys. I was gonna. I was gonna bring in <laughs> listeners. Well, this way they you don't know, have to you know, sign some sort of waiver or anything. Like you know, you got to get. You know, you've got some some toughs down here off of Nocatee. You know, some 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 gangs there. Some we hoods. Group from there. We could get someone off of uh, of Lane Avenue. Uh, we could go out and get someone. Uh, you know, I, I, I gotta I gotta contact my folks over at the Two Ten Mafia. Okay, if not, I'd be in trouble. And then maybe we could go to Moncrief. And it just so there's different parts of Jacksonville. Get four guys and have the Miller Lite beer Olympic mile i love it i love it i love it too i'm so in yeah if there's two things jacksonville has it's beer drinkers and runners and they also like fireworks that is correct we can have fireworks at the end for the winner we have a free fireworks show and the losers can watch it as well all right bridget condon she's right totally different team let's get into that in the second hour i i'm getting you know i'm getting these people the 58 19 blue everything you just mentioned it doesn't matter the winner is going to be whoever wants it more this Saturday. All right, yes and no. It, it also comes down to scheming. It also comes down to making plays. It comes down to trying to figure out what you can do and they can't stop and what they can do and what Jacksonville can't stop. I, no one's more of a want guy than I am. You, you know how I am about that stuff. Effort to me is everything, and I love the Derek Truck story. Obviously, I, I missed that with Trevor Lawrence firing the helmet. I never would have missed it in my eight years as a sideline reporter, but now that I'm up in the box um, next to Brooksy and, and Dave Campo, 
I miss that, but I, I love that type of, uh, of raw emotion. I, I understand your point, who wants it more, but come on. You still got to be well coached. You still got to make plays. You still have to look for the other team's weaknesses. Let's get ready for our number two. I got, you know what? That guy just offered to buy me a motor light and a shot. I said, no, if you're going to drop Seeger on me, turn the page here during our break. I may have to take advantage of that. Our number two coming up. We are at Mr. Chubby's Wings, Pontevedra Beach. Two for one drafts, two for one pitchers. It includes Miller Light, $3 wells, $3 wines. With you tonight till eight. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, hour number two live from Mr. Chubby's. Good crowd on hand. NBA, NHL, college hoops, PGA Tour. I mean, what more could you ask for, right? Football, well, you're not getting that tonight. But you're getting two on Saturday, three on Sunday, as well as a matchup on Monday. What a year it's been in the NFL. No one will tell you this, but it's the case. What they want is flat-out parity. They want that each and every week. They, they want a league where it takes 18 games or 18 weeks and, and uh, 17 games to figure out who's in, who's not in, who's got home field, and what have you. You realize this year that 45% of the NFL games were decided by six points or less, okay? That's 122 out of the 271 regular season games where the final was six points or less. Just amazing, okay? Uh, um, Let's see. Uh, on an average week, and there's what? You know, there's, there's, there's 32 teams. So there's 16 games. Yes, there's buys at times. But an average of, of 6.8 games a week were decided uh, by less than one touchdown. And a record 25 teams ended up with a winning percentage over 400. Uh, unheard of in NFL circles. And you know, that is what we have right here in front of us. Also, I think that it's very interesting, and, and, and this is where you need to understand really what it all means, okay? 32 teams. There were only 10 teams in the NFL that had the same quarterback start every game. Two of those are facing one another this weekend in Duval. Eight of the ten quarterbacks made it to the playoffs. Only Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff are not going to the playoffs. And obviously, if you follow um, Green Bay and Detroit respectively, those two teams came about as close as you can uh, to getting in. So I don't want to overdo the future tonight. I, I, I just don't because of what is at stake coming up in two nights. But knowing that, you got to feel good, okay, regardless of, one's, uh, of, of what ends up happening when it's all said and done. This franchise is going to get better year after year after year because Trevor Lawrence is going to get better year after year after year. And frankly, Trevor hasn't played all that well the last three weeks. Again, his numbers, one touchdown in three games, an average of 17.7 points in the last three games. If you put up 
17 or 18 points this Saturday, you're going to lose. And I understand they won 38-10 back in week three. You just heard Bridget Condon say it, joining us live from Los Angeles uh, with the NFL Network. This is a totally different mindset. This is a totally different game for uh, Los Angeles uh, as they get ready. Their only story, as a matter of fact, they've cleared everyone. The official injury report for a second consecutive week rolls into us on a Thursday as opposed to a Friday because the game is being played on Saturday. When, when you look at, at L.A., there's only one player on their injury report that is questionable, and that becomes Mike Williams. Okay, He hasn't practiced all week, but the message that is being sent is rest is more important than practice at this time. I, I don't know. I'm guessing here, but, but it, it's a gut feeling, and I've read everything coming out of L.A. Okay, I think he plays. How effective he's going to be is another story, but I think he plays. But the others that we talked about earlier in the week, Joey Boza, practiced in full, ready to go. Bryce Callahan. Xander Horvath, the corner and fullback respectively, ready to go. Safety Raheem Lane, uh, linebacker Kenneth Murray Jr., all practice in full, along with Trey uh, Pipkins III at right tackle. Uh, They're all ready to go. So for them, despite all the criticism of playing guys deep into the game against Denver, really the only one that is of a major concern is is Mike Williams. I, I'd keep an eye on Boza, obviously, too. He's just had a rough year. Remember, he went out the first time uh, that Jacksonville uh, faced L.A. He, he went out in that game and missed a, a considerable amount of time. Uh, Keenan Allen did not play in that game with a hamstring. Uh, you know, J.C. Jackson went out uh, on the IR. He is still on the IR. They spent a ton of money on him. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Defensively, against the pass. I mean, L.A. has been so good as of late. I mean, they have been dominant, and they got one of the best safeties in football, as you know, in Derwin James. All right, for the Jaguars, uh, health-wise, they have, uh, first off, let's get the special teams, and they deserve some recognition because of just how well they played last week in the victory over Tennessee. Riley Patterson practiced in full today and yesterday, His game status, he's been cleared. He's good to go. He's not listed uh, as far as game status. Remember, they changed it a few years ago. I don't know why. I miss the old days of probable, questionable, and doubtful. Uh, Now it's just questionable, and I don't get it. But, you know, the NFL changes everything, and who am I to waste time arguing with them over injury report status? Uh, Kendrick Pryor, the wide receiver, limited the last couple of days. He is questionable. Also questionable for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, once again, the toe limited all three days. Questionable. Uh, My guess is that Trevor's full go by Saturday night. Jamal Agnew with the shoulder. Limited all three days. He is questionable. Ross Matasek. He's a guy who has not practiced on Tuesday and Wednesday. He was limited today. He's listed as questionable. Remember about a week, week and a half ago, Jacksonville did sign to their practice squad a backup deep snapper in Garrison Sanborn. Brandon Sheriff with the abdomen, he's been limited all three days. He is listed as questionable as well. So 
you know, there, was, there wasn't too long ago where I openly uh, complained and was concerned with what I labeled as kind of dead weight at the bottom of the roster on offense and defense and, you know, looking at things and saying, you know, are, are they really getting enough out of Luke Farrell? Are they really getting enough out of Tim Jones? Are, are they getting enough out of Snoop Connor? Well, it's amazing. It, it feels like immediately after the fact, and I do this because I love to admit uh, when I'm wrong, but it, it feels like role players have really picked up their game. I mean, look at what Chris Claybrooks, he, he had one snap last week, but look at what he did on special teams. Caleb on chase on, not as good as two weeks ago, only nine snaps, okay? But, but you know, I guess that's it. I'm not going to overdo it for Caleb on. I thought, frankly, we'd see a little bit more Andrew Wingard because I thought we were going to see a little bit more uh, three safety sets against Tennessee. Obviously, as you know, for watching the game, they elected to go with three linebacker sets more. And the reason there is, you know, we ended up seeing both uh, Muma and Lloyd get over 30, uh, 30 snaps. I mean, Muma had 38 and Devin Lloyd had 31 uh, in this game. Uh, Corey Peters made some great. I mean, you got 29 snaps out of Corey Peters. And he made some plays. So I'm just recognizing what this team has done late in the year and how they're getting contributions now from a bunch of, uh, of different guys. And, you know, moves they have made has worked. Uh, how they have made changes at linebacker, it has worked. How they have been forced to make changes on the defensive line because of the injury to Dewan Smoot. And it's still nowhere near perfect, but let's take Arden Key, for example. Arden Key rushed uh, the quarterback last week, rushed Josh Dobbs 20 times, okay? He had nine pressures. That's a 45%, uh, you know, pressure rate. On, on dropbacks, uh, absolutely. Fa- I mean, if he did that for his career, he'd be a, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I, Herbert's a guy. Remember that pass that we talked about, uh, J.J.? Do you, I, I can't remember the game. It was down the sideline, but Herbert rolled out to his right, and he made a throw off of his back foot and threaded it down the sideline, probably 35-40. It was the Dolphins 40. game. I think it, it, it was like, it, it was on it, Sunday Night Football. It was a 40-yard just, I mean, only, and I remember saying to you the next day, there's only a few guys in the world who can make that pass. Do you remember that play I'm talking about? Yeah, it was the Dolphins game, Sunday Night Football. <sighs> Reading a lot out of L.A. this week, and I and I guess I didn't really understand this or or know this I mean, we're talking about a guy in his third year I I certainly know that I did not talk about this back during their September matchup but there's two things that they really love about Justin Herbert number one is he's become a much better rollout passer that is due in part because the offensive line has been beaten up this year so there is an opportunity to get the Justin Herbert but he also has a little bit better speed than I think some of us believe. I'm not going to compare him to Daniel Jones. Remember that example earlier in the year and we saw what he ended up doing? Uh, but that's one aspect of what they would like to do. The other is 
if they are having some success when it comes to running the football or passing the football to Austin Eckler, then all of a sudden, you know, the play action, there's a real opportunity for that to happen with Keenan Allen. And, and you've got to believe Keenan Allen is going to have a monster game in this one. Keenan Allen did not play against Jacksonville the first time they met. Keenan Allen missed seven games because of the hamstring. In his last six games, Keenan Allen has 50 grabs, okay? 16 of those were on third down. And all 16 of those on third down ended up picking up a first down. So he has obviously become a guy that, and he's always been that guy. But it's been, um, let's just say it's been rejuvenated after his injury. Uh, that, that is a, if I'm making a case for L.A., okay, my case is this. Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen, who did not play against Jacksonville the first time. And you can basically say the same thing about Austin Eckler. I mean, Eckler had four carries for five yards. Look at what this man has done this year. 18 touchdowns in 17 games. 107 receptions. I said at the top of the show, I'll say it now at 7.15 as they get ready to take this break. If you have not heard, Jacksonville is the worst team in the NFL when it comes to defending running backs, catching the ball. The simple screens have really hurt Jacksonville this year. And I, I don't know where they came up with these metrics, but I, I read it out of a uh, Los Angeles newspaper yesterday. The Jaguars are the third worst tackling unit in the NFL. So it has been, but do not break. Obviously, Jacksonville's uh, run defense is okay. Their pass defense is not. Their scoring defense is improved. There's no doubt. And their turnover takeaway ratio uh, went from nine a year ago to 27 this year. And overall, the differential is plus five. Same numbers there for Los Angeles. They are plus five as well. Uh, a little bit less, though. It's uh, I, I think it's 17 and 22 are the numbers there for L.A. compared to the 29 to 24, or 27 to uh, 22. 27 takeaways, 22 turnovers for Jacksonville, plus five. Now, you get a plus two in a turnover ratio, you probably win this game. I believe that. I really do. You win the turnover to the takeaway ratio, I think it's enough to win this game. I think it's a high-scoring one. I keep hearing low, low, low. And I understand the thinking. Over the last five games, LA's only allowed 15 points a game. Over the last five games, Jacksonville's only allowed 15.6 a game. You add that up, that's what? 30.6, right? You play the under, 47 and a half. I don't believe it. I, do, I, I think it's going over. I think you're going to need more than 30 points to win it on Saturday night. What do you think? Let me know. Let's get to you and your... Uh, your suggestions on the other side. Best way to get us is 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. How you feeling right now? I mean, where is your confidence? Last year, I mean, last week it was, well, I was overbearing about it, right? I called for a woodshed, and some of you out there didn't like it. I mean, telling me that you thought I had an effect on the game, which was, uh, an honor. I have no effect on the game. None. Not even a smidge. Okay? Um, but this week, I don't feel that way. Okay? I'm going to make my official prediction during tomorrow's show. 
but I'm still going to sweep on it tonight. I mean, I can go really either way, and you can make a case for both teams. But what do you think about it? 641-1010, best way to get us on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also, 20 minutes away, we'll go live to Las Vegas. We will check the latest on the money for this matchup between the Jags and the Chargers. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You know to me, Art. What are you doing to me, JJ? You get me all fired up. It seems like it's been a week since the Bruins have played. They haven't since Sunday. And they're getting after it tonight. I think it's an 8.30. Actually, they're already underway. And the C- break up the Seattle Kraken. They're up one nothing right now. I'm looking. We got 40 television sets here, and Mr. Chubby's. I need to ring down one of the managers. Thought I had a little pull here. Uh, Seattle up one nothing over the good guys. Boston, eight minutes to go, first period. A lot of hockey tonight. I know you people. I I I I, I do feel for you football only people. You know, I just you got 13 games left. You got six this weekend, right? And then after that, you know, you you drop back uh, as as sports fans. What do I, they do? I I don't know. I hopefully they golf or they go to the beach, hang out uh, with the kids. Maybe we're gonna start. I, I did it for a while, a couple of years ago. Maybe maybe I'll start like maybe one or two tips per week as to what people should do. I like that during the off season to get by. Like, for instance, here would be tip one. Find a girlfriend, okay? I mean, it's amazing some of the things you can do if you go out and find a girlfriend. Number two would be read a book. The, the, the only thing in the world where the event is better than the book is sports, okay? And, and perhaps in, in music, sports... Movies suck compared to the book, right? Maybe the the only movie that I think I've ever seen that was better than the book was maybe Jaws, possibly The Godfather. And those are like two of the greatest movies ever made. Even The Shining, which is – and by the way, the three movies I mentioned, I they're on my Mount Rushmore. I mean, they're on my top ten. But the books are better. There's no doubt about it. I, I was talking about – uh, I was talking to someone the other day about uh, Black. I know it was Jessica Blaylock was in Boston. She's in Vegas now. She's been traveling with the Panthers. And she was at the uh, bar you were at recently. Um, Bell, uh, the JJ. something Bell, something Bell? Uh, the Bell Horn. Bell Horn. Right. Uh, it's, the oldest, it's the oldest bar in Boston. And Black Mass, of course, those Hollywood freaks, no, n- nothing satisfies Hollywood freaks. So they uh, they had to change the whole Bella Hand around because even though it had been there for well over 100 years, that historic bar wasn't good enough for the um, the outing of, uh, of Whitey Bulger and, and the FBI, uh, head, of, head of that division, the FBI, John Connolly. The two writers from the Boston Globe went in there and said they were getting ready to out him. But they had to change the entire bar around because, you know, that's Hollywood, and, and, and that's the way they do it there, those freaks. Uh, but um, the movie 
you know, Johnny Depp plays Whitey Bulger. The movie's okay. Go read the book. Go read Black Mass. Okay, it's one of, the, the book is so, so, so much better. Anyway, kind of got off my train of thought here, but the book is always better. By the way, the book, uh, The Shining is completely different. Like the entire story, what happens, uh, you know, the twist, uh, then the movie. Oftentimes it is. In, in, the, in the book, Jaws, uh, Hooper sleeps with Chief Brody's I wife. I heard about that. I wish Hooper's they would have added that to the movie. Hooper's, Hooper's like this slimy <laughs> yeah. little college, you know, never been punched in the face type of guy. Beta. Quint wants to use him as chum. And Brody's kind of had it, in the book, he's getting a little something on the side when Brody's out trying to put food on the table. Unbelievable, Peter Benchley. What a great book. All right, let's get to you. Enough about that, right, Baloo? I mean, for crying out. But, but, but that's my whole point. And I'll be doing I mean, I'm trying to, uh, and I will do my best to try to get you to where there's so much to do during the offseason. If you're a hockey guy, you're already one step ahead. You know, if you're a golf guy. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. The two things I look forward to most during the offseason, at least the early part of it, is the PGA Tour now in the, in the National Hockey League. I'll definitely dive into baseball. Right now, basketball, I just can't I just can't go with it. I just can't. And my Celtics are number one. They had the best record in the NBA. They were dominant last night, Jalen Brown. He had what, forty one points in consecutive games. I'm just having trouble getting into it. Co- college basketball, same deal. And it for me it's usually right when football ends is when I start to pick up uh, basketball fully. Uh, getting a lot of questions on whether or not this is a whiteout weekend. I don't think so. I, they're giving out towels. I think it's sort of like the first 60,000 in attendance get a towel. But as far as like the Penn State whiteout, no, nah, I, I have not heard that. And if you're going to do something like that, everyone has to know, right? You can't do a, a half-ass whiteout. It just... It, you know what I mean? You're either all in or you're not. Somehow the message gets sent out to the student body and the alumni at Penn State that when there is going to be a whiteout, uh, a whiteout, excuse me, everyone is aware of it. Um, 50-51, Blue, I think Trevor will play much better. The Titans game was his biggest game of his career, and he seemed a little tight. The pressure is off now. No one expected the playoffs for this team this year. Okay, you're right on your point, but I disagree with the pressure. It's going to be enormous. Okay, he's at home. It's his first playoff start. You've got a coaching staff with Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl, and this will be his seventh playoff game. Brandon Staley on the other side of the field has never coached a playoff game, and much like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert has never played in a playoff game. He has to improve. Right? I mean, if he, if they lose Saturday, but they lose because Lawrence doesn't play well, then I think there'll be some of those who will come out of the woodwork again and, and question really whether or not he's the guy. I, I think that's absurd because he's only 23. But I also understand where you're at. It'd be nice for him to come out and play the way that you know that he can and to advance to the divisional round. Uh, I think there was, I feel like there was more hype 
last week because Tennessee's a rival. But I don't agree with the pressure. I, I, I feel the pressure. I feel the apprehension this week. I, whether people wanted to say it to you or not last week, I think about everyone picked Jacksonville, right? And, you know, I obviously picked them for uh, the woodshed type of game. If I do pick Jacksonville tomorrow, I'll tell you straight up, there's no way I'm picking up by a large margin uh, like I did a couple or like I did last week at this time. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How am I getting these Florida ones? I'm not even talking about the University of... Uh, who the hell's talking about Florida? The Jaguars are freaking playing in a damn playoff game, and I'm getting... I don't know. Uh, I don't know about what's going on there, but uh, hey, you do you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Rick just say this is the first time that Derek got together with Susan? Smiley faces. Smart Alec. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, more stuff about meeting me. It's not about me, believe it or not. It's about the Jaguars. Um, oh, here we go. We got about 15 in a row now about my Miller Lite beer run. A lot of people will say they're in on this. Get me in at Deer Creek. Get me in over at the Bricks, where I apparently met this guy recently. He says he's going to do it. He'll get into it. Um, not overly into that, but I guess it's my fault uh, for bringing it up. All right, uh, 60-43, Blue is suffering NFL team to win six in a row, which is what the Jags have to do on Saturday. I made that point about San Francisco the other day. Now, Frangie asked me what other game I was interested in. And on the surface, I think it's kind of, you know, it's kind of odd to get excited about a Geno Smith-Brock Purdy playoff game. But I really get the feeling that when San Francisco implodes, they're really going to implode. And they keep winning game after game after game after game. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You make a good point here. Six in a row for the Jaguars. Uh, But... You know, they, they feel like they're a loose football team. Uh, but listen, you got the Red Wings on mute. Good for you. Hockey town. Watching hockey. Why not? We should only do whiteouts on rainy games. <laughs> Some of you people are sick, and I love it. Uh, Baloo, what do you think about D-Hop to the Jags rumor? You know, let me save that until after the season, honestly. I uh, I don't know how they can afford it, and I'm a little concerned about the divaness in them. You're already bringing in one guy who, you know, for the record, I want to believe that that Calvin Ridley's going to be fine and everything's going to be perfect. But also, if something came down, you heard about it with Calvin Ridley, would any of us be surprised? And because of his history, the answer to that question should be no. It it would. It would give Jacksonville unquestionably the number one wide receiver, which they haven't had. But he's been nicked. He's got an attitude. He's on the other side of 30. Eh. Again, let me say my opinion on that until, you know, the offseason, which which is going to be a great offseason, okay? I mean, just when's the last time you've heard about a star? who wants to come here. about a star who wants to come here and play with Trevor Lawrence? about a star who wants to come here and get coached? 
by Doug Peterson. And it's going to be an interesting offseason because they're going to have to navigate their way through uh, some, some tough scenarios with the salary cap. You know, a year ago at this time when they were wrapping up the season, did you think Miles Jack would be a cut early? Do you think James Robinson would have been traded early? If you were to rank Jaguars 1 through 10 a year ago at this point, those two, if not in the top five, they were certainly in the top six or seven. So there could be a couple of surprise guys on this roster who they elect to move along from. And I'm not talking about guys that we've mentioned, like Shaq or Rayshon or... Roy Robertson, Harris, or Jawan Taylor. I mean, they have to make decisions on all those guys. Harris and, and, uh, and Rayshon have another year uh, with their contract. So doesn't Shaq. There's no chance Shaq sticks around. All right, uh, let's, let's, go, uh, let's go to Vegas. Let's do that next. We'll, uh, we'll check the money. Uh, we'll bring in our buddy Rafael Esparza. I, I did see this earlier today. Let me see how different his numbers are. Just give me 10 seconds here. Because I had this roll in a little bit ago, and I thought it was intriguing. Uh, we did hear from the Philly Godfather yesterday, who did say he was playing under the 47 and a half with Jacksonville. He's also playing a seven-point tease, so he's taking Jacksonville's plus two, and he's making it a plus nine, along with Cincinnati, who we actually got at seven to make an even pick. I know that uh, Cincinnati-Baltimore line is, you know, Lamar Jackson again today tweeting out that he feels awful. Looks like he's not going to play. We know Skyler Thompson's in for Miami and two is not playing. Looks like Tyler Huntley's going to be in for Baltimore and Lamar Jackson is not playing. All right, here we go. Um, This was this afternoon. The Chargers now have increased... There's been more money on the L.A., so the line has moved from two to two and a half. And the total remains at 47 and a half. But 72.6% of the money right now is on the Chargers. Uh, 50% of the money line, it's dead even, all right, regardless of what you got it at. One, one and a half, two, two and a half. Money line, as you know, you got to win the game. Forget about the point spread. And here's the one that really surprised me because I thought I was stepping kind of uh, kind of out of line with my pick of the over. 77.8% of the money is on the over. And again, recent history tells us LA's allowed 15 a game. Jacksonville's allowed 15.6 a game over their last five games. That's 30.6. They're playing over 47.5. And, and I agree. I agree, but I'm surprised by the money. Let's check that next. Let's go to Vegas. We'll bring in Rafael Esparza. He joins us from MyBookie and MyBookie.org. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. At 3174, says Baloo, we're on the naysayers who talk about the Jags moving to London. Man, I have not heard that in forever. I mean, Mark Lamping said it, and everyone else has said it on this radio station since. Winning fixes everything. If this team wins and 
you have a 23-year-old quarterback and you got a coach that people want to play for, they're going to build downtown. They are. And right now it's a mess. Again, get there early. If you weren't there last week, it was a blast. It was entertaining. But if, you, if you're going to leave late, you're, you're in for a rude, you know, rude awakening. There's really no other way to say it. Uh, but can you imagine? You know, they've hired the, uh, the architect firm and you know, the building designer or whatever the technical term is for it. And right now they're putting everything in motion. Now, you know, money's going to be a concern. But I think it's a lot easier to ask for money when you're winning and when the future looks promising as opposed to a team that was, what, 4-29 and 29 the two years prior? So we are in um, – we are trying to track down our buddy Rafael Esparza. My goodness, did I give him ever a, a gentleman's uh, warm welcome and all of this and, and all of that. Then he just uh, – for some reason, he didn't pick up the phone uh, for us. And I, I want to get with him on the money uh, with Jacksonville and, and what he thinks. You know, there's two ways to look at it for those who do wager. And, you know, I'm always against betting. You know, you know I love talking about it, but I don't, I don't bet anymore. This is the type of game you do that you would want to bet only because – you are a slight underdog. So, you know, when you're an underdog, that's one thing. A big favorite. Like, you know, if you're a huge favorite, that's the worst game, in my opinion, that, that you can bet on because, you know, look at last week's line. You ended up winning by four points. The elation of 70,000-plus when – that fourth down stop happened. I and mean, when you had the strip sack and the Josh Allen touchdown, and then you had the fourth down stop, that entire place was going absolutely crazy, okay? I can't imagine what it would have been like if you had – and what was the point spread last week? Was it seven again? I forget. Last what, week? Six-ish, yeah. yeah, seven-ish. Yeah, I think six. it was six and a half. Okay. I, I mean, and I imagine there's a lot of people out there that, that – that bet, unfortunately, if you, and I should never say unfortunately if you listen to me, but if you did listen to me, I was calling for a woodshed game all week, uh, so I was wrong. They did not cover the points, bro. But that's the worst thing about betting on your team is if they win a game and they don't cover, you know, there may be a little part of you that doesn't enjoy the win the way you should be enjoying the win because you know you've lost some money. It's different when you're a slight underdog. Okay, if you want to put it all in, including some money, and say, hey, man, all you got to do now is win, okay, win by one point. In this case, you could even lose by a point, maybe two points, depending on where you get it. Um, You know, it's probably not going to make you feel all that much better because the most important thing for you is to win the game, but at least you have that. So this would be a game that for all the right and or wrong reasons, depending on how you look at it, this would be the type of game uh, that if you were to bet, uh, to go ahead and, and wager on. J- just my opinion on that. Um, JJ, we're making our picks tomorrow night. I don't even know how we did last week. I haven't looked at it. You know, I've kind of gotten lazy here later in the year. Uh, but I, um, you know, I, 
I'm still conflicted. I'm, I'm going to go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow, and I still honestly do not know who I'm picking coming up tomorrow on the show. I think I do know, so I'm not going to let you know because we are in a tight race right now. Um, we both definitely took Georgia. I think we both did pretty well last week. Uh, you did better than me. Well, let me see. I happen to have it right here. Since our boy Rafael Esparza. You picked the Steelers, Rams, and Houston, and I picked the opposite in every single one of those games. We had one college game. We had nine pro games. Uh, Georgia faced TCU. Georgia won that one, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) Bengals-Ravens. We both had Cincy. All right. So that's a victory. We both had the Dolphins over the Jets. Dude, you went 9-1 last week. Um... I had Buffalo, you had New England. I had Houston, you had Indy. Okay. I had Pittsburgh, you had Cleveland. I had Seattle, you had L.A. I had Tampa, you had Atlanta. You won that one. Uh, We both had Green Bay and and Detroit beat them. And then we both picked uh, Jacksonville over Tennessee. You went eight and two. So there you go. Eight and two, and and how five about you? And five. All right, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's a wrap, man. I it, think it basically you won is a wrap. Year. It basically is a wrap. Well, we got thirteen games to go. I mean, here's the deal: I could go first on all thirteen games and give you the opportunity <laughs> to pick against me to try to make it up. I would basically have to go undefeated. I think this is a weird wild card weekend. Again, traditionally, wild card weekend can work out uh, very well for the road team. This year, or excuse me, last year, home teams were were five and one at home, so that changed a little bit. You know, I got a, a text on this yesterday, and I thought it was really interesting. It was not only do you want Jacksonville to win, but you need to root for uh, one of these two wild card teams, you know, to win a game in order to move up, so Jacksonville does not have to go to Kansas City if a wild card team obviously won then everything would turn around where that would not be the case instead it would be the wild card team going uh to kansas city and i i guess that would mean that jacksonville would end up going to buffalo unless of course buffalo was one of the two um one of the teams that does lose but the two teams that you're hoping for is a wild card club uh to knock off a home team both have to do it with a backup quarterback I mean, you're talking about Skyler Thompson of Miami winning at Buffalo, and then you are talking about the Baltimore Ravens winning in Cincinnati uh, with Tyler Huntley. At least we think that is going to be the case. We'll know for sure, uh, I would imagine, on Saturday. But right now, all of the reports do, in fact, say uh, that he is unable to go, including himself. You know, he tweeted out a little bit earlier today uh, that he wishes he was out there with his team. Uh, someone has mentioned Jay Solomon to me, 25 years to the day. Absolutely. I cannot believe it's been 25 years since we lost Jay Solomon. Wow. One of the first, maybe the first, uh, radio broadcaster here in Jacksonville. And he was the voice of J.U. Such a kind man. I, matter of fact, I'll give you a quick story. I, I used to go on with him and Barry Milligan when I was in Tallahassee. When they were down the dial on then the the Gator Station, which is now out of business uh, for sports, 
And I do a weekly Florida State report. Well, anyway, when I came over and I started working for the ball, uh, we just started. And, you know, there wasn't much going on. He actually picked the phone and called into my show one day and wished me luck, and he was working on the other station. That's the type of guy Jay Solomon was, just a class act. I cannot believe he passed 25 years ago. That, that, is, that is a shock uh, to me. I know Brent Beard put it out there the other day, and I, uh, or I think it was last night, and it kind of slipped my mind, and I see it again here now. So rest in peace, Jay Solomon. Thank you to Derek Trucks. Thank you to Bridget Condon from the NFL Network. Thank you to Graham Marsh, our engineer, and JJ back in the studio. My name is Rick Ballou. I don't check the text line now that the show is over. Get me on Twitter, Ballou1010XL, and I will talk with you tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Hacker is up right now.